0: Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and Garen here with
1: Friday the 13th, part four, right? Five. Five. A, I always give mixed. New beginning. Because, you know, if you missed the final chapter, that was it, folks. There won't be any more. Jason's dead. That's it. It's final. It's final. But we can always have a new beginning. So, you had not seen this movie before, and you've no. only seen a few Jasons. So yes. why I want you to think of the first word that comes to your mind when you think of this film. Chocolate bar. Chocolate bar. <laughs>
0: Chocolate bar is a big one. Sleazy. Sleazy. Um, Trash. Weird dialogue. Weird dialogue. And, so, like, we saw this at the, the New Bev in 35mm, and it was a 1985 print. So, mm-hmm. like... It was like the real deal. Like you, like you, I, you felt transported when you watched this movie. And you said something on the way there because uh, we're good friends with Tommy, who did uh, Jason six. Lives, yeah. at the one immediately after this one. And
1: you said something like, "Notice the difference." <laughs> I, 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 have always told everybody this. Jason Lives is the one that for people who have never seen any of them, I was the first one you saw. It was, it's the first one I take everyone to. And they're always like, are they all this good? And I'm like, no. Fortunately, no. No, they're not. But part five is the one that I show people. I'm like, look, I'm going to show you um, what this franchise actually is. And part five is the incorporation of like years of just like, okay, can we go sleazy? Yes. Can we go sleazier? Yes. (laughs) Can we go trash? Yeah. Can we go trashier? Yes. And... It's the culmination of just like all of it in one hour and a half, glorious present. And the New Midnights—they're always oh, such an amazing crowd. crowd. My
0: favorite thing is to like, first of all, like there's a there's an alter ego of mine called Parking Nick, and it's whenever I can't find parking in Los Angeles, I just become a huge asshole. And I'm like, check, I got you the radio, I can't find order. You know new Bab, just glide right into some of that street parking and when we when we rolled up there uh i saw the line forming for the show and whenever you see a line for a midnight movie you know that crowd's about to be fire Mm. and that crowd was fantastic
1: the yiddish community is known for a lot of things but mainly for their great parking (laughs) (laughs) and my favorite thing is to run into like the rabbis and you know oh Again, Karen, what are you going to see today? I'm like, oh, well, you know, we're going to see a movie called... And it'll be like a really embarrassing title. And they're just like, oh, have fun with that, Brad. <laughs> it's like, well, Rabbi, I have an extra ticket. Oh, maybe next time. I'm not a sinner. <laughs> yeah, it's been like seven years to that next time. But one time, it's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. But just the nicest people and they... Man, just not, not only do they have great parking, but they're very welcoming and accommodating too because I think it goes hand in hand. The new Bev patrons treat them with the utmost respect. Yeah. And again, respect is two way street, mainly on Beverly and La Brea. Yeah.
0: The, the thing with the new Bev that I really dig is, and I, I still I don't know why, I, I can never get over this. And it's always the first thing I tell people I'm like, the concession stand is so cheap. Like, it is dirt cheap to get a popcorn, large popcorn, large drink there. I think I think I think it uh, it's like maybe 10 bucks for both or $12 something like that. It, tops. Tops. It's not expensive. It, I ran, it, it was my total yesterday was like $43 or something like that because I got the Cliff Booth t-shirt. I saw you post that for some of the crew you were working with. I didn't know they had those and I was like, "Oh, I got to get my hands on one I, of those." And
1: that's the thing too. I, I I always thought and I don't think I ever wore it cuz that's kind of che- cheeky to wear the shirt to like, "Oh, you're coming to the new bed, huh? How would you know?" No. No idea. No idea. Um, but yeah, Corey, that was for when we were doing Rebel Ridge. Corey was our stunt coordinator. He's also a stunt coordinator on the new Halloween Ends coming up. But Corey is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's the cowboy that gets shot off of the roof, and he's credited as Wilhelm Scream. Oh, no way. Yeah, so Corey was that, and he saw my shirt on set. He's like, Garen's like, no, dude, if anybody deserves this. It's you. So that yeah, because break... he was actually with Cliff Booth's stunt team. Yeah. So he... <laughs> wow. uh, and plus two, you got to you got to be the legendary Wilhelm Scream in a movie. Yeah. So, of course, it's like, dude, it's my pleasure. And I told the guys at the New Bev that, and they were like, oh, yeah, Wilhelm Scream gets a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why we had the photo to tell them, like, hey, it's on its way. But they're just... Uh, it's it's just run by... And it start, all starts with QT, but... Man, everybody that works there, they always remember you, even if you only get to come like three or four times a year. And I always try to bring them stuff back because they always give me goodies to take back. Yeah. And I always let them know. it's like, guys, look, I always come like the halfway point because you need that second half booth. And the stuff that you guys provide us um, is that. Right. And something else I like to do too for my rentals, they always give me like some extra keychains. So I'll always put a keychain on the rental. Oh, that's funny. And every time I turn, they're like, God damn it, it's the new Bev guy again. <laughs> every time. Always does you gotta that. Leave, you got to leave your mark. Uh, um, and it's not just it's not just here, it's whole other places to rent cars too. That's like your calling card. Yeah. The, the thing I like about the
0: new Bev as well is um, all the trailers. Like they can really prime you to get you into like the movie watching. And zone. and
1: for you, somebody who hadn't seen one through four,
0: I'd seen one. Okay, uh, so I So for the Jason films that I've seen, I've seen all of them in bits and parts. Yeah, usually because like AMC or on Halloween, like they'll just you know throw any random one on it. And that's given time. such a,
1: with you being editor, that's such an editor things. Like I've seen the important clip. Yeah, I've seen. I know you know, know if I see a frame from it, I'm like, yeah. And we were talking I've about that. Like, one. We were talking about uh, because um, my friend Joaquin, he came from uh oppenheimer and and he looked like death because he's worked like nine years straight um but he's so bad i was like i was like man i, I always want to just drive him around the back of my car and like let him nap like a kid just like <laughs> you need this more than i do man you just rest up um and his favorite is uh the jason carey one part seven but I, and it is again from one friend to another just watch the last 20 minutes yeah that that's that's all you need to see yeah. And that's the one, that's the part that I and saw. If, and if you thought the characters, the characters from part five, they're not thinly written. They're, I love the Hubbards. I love the Sheriff. I shout out to Marco St. John. I love uh, Pam. She's a great final girl. Shavar Ross, Reggie the Reckless. Um, all all that. John Shepard being about as method as method gets. Um, there's so many great characters, so memorable in that movie. Miguel, mm-hmm. uh, Miguel, Miguel, uh, nunez you know i'm going to send you that clip for the ooh baby uh, oh yeah they were playing that before the, dude, the remix they played is tight good yeah. and it
0: reminded me of like you know jet set radio future and like you know early 2000 <laughs> like 2002 hit like you know techno and that was drum improv. And bass.
1: a lot of the stuff in there from what melanie and marco and john had told me a lot of the stuff they danny was just like look just just do it and so they just improv a lot do you remember the first viewing of this movie? I did, and I didn't. We were talking about it on the way home. I the very first time I saw it, I I didn't really like it at all. I just I again I just thought it was trash, and I didn't like Halloween three the first time I saw it. But that we were we were talking on the ride home that it's funny that the Black Sheep, uh, West Franklin Zoo Nightmare, that those over time be, became some of my favorites. Jason Lewis will always be my favorite. But but part five is my second. Halloween will always be my favorite. But part three is my second. Right. Uh, nightmare on Elm Street will always be my favorite. But Wes Craven's new nightmare is my. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder how the Black
0: Sheep films come to be. Like with with this film. Uh they just ran it it was like a run and gun operation right like the guy didn't really care to be a director is that what you were saying he's got three mm-hmm. films to his name four um no, and then he, all the porn that he, he shot before
1: before that technically we should count the porn i, I think <laughs> i think the porn is part of the four really? because he had done uh the last movie he ever did in his life was what we saw last night so wow um yeah cuz savage streets uh he was the ap on heaven's war uh he had done a porn um, and then he had done uh, a new beginning, and that was it. Wow! But it's crazy. The directors who do the Friday the Thirteenth are just like the actors who play Jason. Ask Tommy. Um, it's your title, and it's with you the rest of your life, dude. You did a Friday the Thirteenth, and it's just like
0: yeah, that's pretty big. That's still it. It really is. Yeah. It, it it especially with the lawsuit. Like no one knowing when another one's gonna yeah. come out. I saw Bloody Disgusting had an article. Uh saying that there might be one sooner than we think that something might be happening but it's one of those i'll believe it when i see
1: it exactly and then the and then the last one the remake uh eh, it was yeah it's funny too I was like i got a chance to go see it opening night or friday the 13th part three in 3d don't wait for the entire <laughs> jeopardy theme to go off before you ask me which one i saw <laughs> it's pretty pretty yeah, clear pretty clear yeah i was like on film in 3d or this piece of crap sorry
0: and i was like <laughs> i'm gonna go see that this one though um it's I, I i like the comparison to halloween 3 because it's one of those that you know whenever you bring halloween 3 has has definitely found its footing mm-hmm. especially within like the last you know five or six years people come to realize that it is a great movie and tom the fuck machine atkins is great um but it's one of those things you know michael myers isn't in it technically jason is in it yeah
1: he, he, jason's in it more than michael is at all in halloween 3 you know he's um he's probably michael myers is in it because you know in halloween 3 they run trailers yeah for halloween 3 and that's about as much michael myers as you saw original jason it's probably about probably about equal for like when, when tommy's having his right, hallucinations. yeah yeah that it probably equals out to about the same same amount of screen time and no Jason has ever taken a beating more than the Jason that did part five. I mean, he gets stabbed and he gets stabbed in the schlong. He gets run over by a tractor. He gets uh, his arm cut in half on a chainsaw. He gets stabbed. He gets. And my favorite thing is like after Reggie the Reckless runs him over with the... the um, the tractor The trailer, tractor He man. looks down He's all bloody He's like The fuck This <laughs> this isn't supposed to happen I'm not They're not supposed to fight back And yeah, they do um, but
0: That dude took a beating He took a I I,
1: I needed an ice pack Yeah after, after watching it Got his hand chopped off Fell on the spikes It was just like <laughs> Dude any, any Anything else That we might want to Do to this poor guy I felt uh, How censored it was From the M.P.A.A
0: it cuz the one thing is is you think about Friday the 13th you think of you know machete's and gore this is probably the, i i i would be very curious to see like what the goriest Friday the 13th is and why this is probably the least goriest um uh, i could well, be wrong though cuz you know obviously i have well seen all of i that. think
1: i think it's retribution from the MPAA because you know they did paramount did tell them it's like look uh Part four is the last one where we're going to do just cut us some slack because four has incredible gore, not a lot of cutaways. It's got amazing gore, amazing effect because Savini came back. And it's... Oh, killer. So I'm sure that they felt like, okay, you, you duped us. Right. You duped us. You lied to us. You told us that was it. And you know, Danny, Danny, you give Danny the choice between breast and kills. He's going to go breast. Yeah. And that's... That's what he did. Yeah, and so that's why there's so much nudity in it, because like, okay, well, we're an R. We're borderline X. It's just, you know, it's it's a telltale. It's, it's a trashy movie made by a guy who loves trash, and it shows with his trashy script. But I'm just assuming that as much as it was castrated, um, Tommy's movie wasn't really, except for like the triple beheading, they had to do like a cutaway to that and you just saw the bodies fall. But they did film it where all three of their heads got chopped off. Um, they were pretty lenient to his. The one that got butchered the most was uh, The New Blood. Those okay. were just, God. You just watch that. It was like, what are we... Me and my buddy Barnaby, we went up to the the Bell Court in Nashville to see it because they had Tommy's Friday night and then they had Saturday's. And my friends, I brought a whole bunch of friends that had never seen Jason Lives to that and they were like, that, and they jumped. They had. They're like, that was so much fun. That was so great. Um, Then don't come tomorrow. It's okay. Good, good. And they didn't. Uh, it was just me and Barney. Give a good heads but up. But it was just, yeah. It was just all the case, all the kills were lame. But not because it was from the lack of effects. Yeah. The effects were top notch. It's just whether it was production or whether it was the MPAA or probably both just got castrated.
0: I will say with the lack of gore in this one. um, it made up for it in other parts. So there's a lot of very funny parts in this movie. This is a funny Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah, uh, especially with um, the one, uh, the one guy who drove Tommy, uh, the cokehead, Bob uh, Bob D. Simone. That whole scene had everyone like every, people were cracking up. Because it was like it was so ridiculous. Like that guy was. I almost want to rewatch that scene. There's a part where he storts the the coke. He goes, oi-oi. <laughs> he makes a kind of noise, and everyone just lost their shit. Like there was so many like un. You 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 wouldn't
1: expect a Friday the Thirteenth movie to be as funny as and this was. Probably I I'm guessing um because I'm friends with Bob on Facebook he he would probably tell you that a lot of that stuff was just. Random. I Probably just ad libbed. Yeah, because it felt like a heavily. Wait, he's ad-libbed. like flicking
0: his tongue at like the one woman when he drops Tommy off. Like that feels like. <laughs> there's, so no, there's no way the director was like, so here's, the, here's yeah, your motivation. Here's what I really want you to do. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah, was... this
1: is integral to the story. Oh, yeah, because if you have a sharp eye, you see that he's reading porn.
0: Oh, yeah, that. in the front. Yeah, in the, when in the front of the, the, the truck. Um, so there's a lot of really funny stuff. But there was also very. Uh, sparse throughout the movie there but there was a few parts of shit that i think would work in a horror movie today like there was two shots in particular that we talked about there was one right when after the the cokehead dies and the girlfriend comes out from the diner um and she's waiting in the car there's a shot where the, the the camera just dollies in like real slow while mm-hmm. she's like waiting for him looking out the window but the way it's framed and the way it's shot and her acting like i i i i I was just telling myself, you could literally lift that scene and put it in any other horror movie today and Mm -hmm. it would just be pure excellence. Yeah. And to have that in this movie where the guy, you know, a few scenes ago, you have this one guy like, you know, squeezing chocolate bars and ruining laundry, you know, and then you have this shot that would just completely fucking play any time today wonderfully. It's like, it's like a tornado, almost of it. Like this, this Jason movie is a tornado. It's just shit flying. You see a cow floating, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, flying. The, the cow yeah. from twist yeah. yeah, is in the movie. And yeah. Like, oh, there goes the cow. Yeah. It's never in the show. You see, you see that, uh, that, and then the second shot that really blew me away was when, uh, uh, quote, Jason is uh, chasing the final girl and, and and the kid, and it's just pouring the rain out, and he's just framed in the middle of this barn.
1: I I love that shot. Uh, when we saw it at the drive-in at the skyline because they don't mind you taking photos of the stuff i because i'd seen it so much my friend barnaby has an exceptional camera i'm like look get ready to do this shot and it was beautiful and it's fun too like getting those cuz you know at the drive-in you can make excellent stills yeah. frame it up to where like you can see it on the giant drive-in screen and i would send them to my friend marco st john who played sheriff exposition to john <laughs> cuz um as i told you this is probably, of all the Fridays, this is probably the one that I'm closest to because I've worked with a lot of the actors on it. Mm-hmm. John Shepard, who plays uh, Tommy Jarvis, he was our executive producer on um, Man Down. And on something else, um, he'd ask me for help on a show. Uh, and then Marco St. John, who I think he, I'm not sure if he lives in Mississippi or Louisiana, but... He does a lot of movies around Georgia, in Louisiana, in Mississippi, and just one of the great. That's cool. Great guys, and Melanie and Ross and and uh, and Ron and and Bob and all of them. Not only are they just like super approachable on social media and real life and stuff, but you know they're still acting. They're still doing stuff. That's awesome. And they're just it was a good bunch. And you know if it, it's not there's nothing wrong if if a Friday the Thirteenth is the movie you're known for. That's pretty damn cool.
0: There's a lot of movies that people are not known for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to be able to have your staple somewhere, especially in like this industry, mm-hmm. is pretty is pretty remarkable. Um the other thing that the I loved especially with this crowd was the um was the mom and son the redneck oh, people like the real the trashy Hubbard's. the trashy neighbors. Um I was listening to um, <laughs> the
1: Hubbard's of the It's best. so funny
0: because this movie, be, you know, when we, we, we were we were supposed to see *Bride of Frankenstein* Secret Movie Club, but then they canceled, which really sucks. Because I never seen *Bride of Frankenstein*. I've, of course, seen the important parts, but I've never seen it front to back. And I want to have that experience in a theater on film, especially at *Secret Movie Club*. That would be amazing, and if and, it's, they, and I, it still will. Like it would, it's gonna happen. Yeah. um but you were like, "Hey, this movie is, you know, eighteen percent, and it's like a Friday film." So I was like, "I knew what I was getting into, right?" <laughs> but with this couple, one they were hilarious. That woman, like the 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 shit she was saying, how how just crass she was, played so. Fun. Funny and like I loved her. I was like, I like she should be the main character of this movie. The about like there's a scene when she gets on the motorcycle and she just quickly flips off every, <laughs> no. everyone. The law, yeah.
1: the the people, the she don't does. touch you, sheriff. I got a bomb on me. I got a bomb. I'll blow I, shit up. I'll blow. You, I'll blow us all to kingdom come.
0: I loved her so much, and then the, 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 her son was uh his whole purpose was just to be super annoying and super annoying. So, anyways, I was I was on TikTok and I randomly got. um a few videos of Cisco and Ebert mm-hmm. talking and there was a video. Of Roger, oh, I'm sure they loved this one. Well, it wasn't about the, about this one, but it was about something that Roger Ebert said that I really thought about, uh, what he was talking about reviewing movies. He was like, the one thing I asked myself is what was this movie trying to accomplish? And did it, did it complete that goal? You know, it's funny. Did this movie accomplish what it wanted to? I believe maybe, I'm not sure, but I know in my heart that there are certain scenes that, they had the intention to do, and they fucking nailed it. And the one scene, and it's so stupid. This is the scene that like, I'm using this example for. But it's the scene after Tommy beats the shit out of the kid, uh, the boy. And he's driving the motorcycle, like Meatloaf and Rocky Horror. Just, mom, they give me. And it goes on for like two minutes, uh-huh. 30 seconds. And it's so annoying. But I was just like, his intention was to make this guy annoying. And he is crushing it. Like, I hate this character. And I was like, I was like, in this weird tornado of a movie, they have a scene where he was like, I need this kid to be annoying. And you couldn't have done it any better. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Like, there are things
1: that he is accomplishing that he is just fucking nailing. And And also, too, it's like, Okay, how's he gonna die? And then finally, yeah. he's gonna, whoosh, and yeah. there goes the head, perfectly clean cut. Yeah. So I think it was like a lightsaber that got him. <laughs> yeah, <a> hot, <laughs> hot knife, hot, hot machete. And then uh, Mrs. how gets stabbed in the head and face full in the stew. Yeah. I, the the
0: the kills, were were were. It's a, it's a I would love to see like what those kills would have looked like uncensored, because the fact that like every stat, basically, if you haven't seen this movie. The way every kill looks like is you see the knife and it's uh, the you you see it going towards someone's abdomen, but then it's a cut to their face. Goes, you know, their tongue sticking out. That's the majority of the kills, and it's a shame.
1: It is, but they did save it. Like every time that uh Jason got it, they showed him getting everything. Yeah. That's <laughs> a, that's actually a really great point. So the, maybe that's the compromise. They're like, look, what if we just take it out on one guy? And like, that's an excellent point which guy <laughs> <laughs> who should I- okay look we have a deal all right so we're gonna we're gonna oh yeah it's fine it's fine do whatever you want to it's like when uh leo's trying to sell cliff booth to uh uh the stunt coordinator he's like no do whatever you want blow him up he- he's just <laughs> grateful for the work you know hit him with a car he can do anything <laughs> and that's kind of probably like their compromise like okay well you know big boy it's all um, on you there was, I will say
0: this. So, like most Friday the Thirteenth movies, from what I've seen, um, they're pretty streamlined. Yeah. X goes here. Jason comes one by one. Everyone goes away. Um, what I liked about this one was it. You had what was happening with Tommy at the facility. It's not even a facility. It's a farmhouse. Yeah. It's half, a very expi- halfway home. Yeah. Um, so it would be. It would just cut to his story, how he was dealing with it, and then. It cuts to like a small vignette of quote jason working his way there and i thought that was kind of interesting it was like we're going to focus over here and then jason's over here and we're going to focus for here jason's over here but he's a little bit closer now yeah we go over here now we're back to jason now he's there and then the way they just it was sort of it's funny you know in uh in dunkirk all the timelines start to merge it was mm-hmm. it was kind of like that a little bit where like jason's story was starting to merge with tommy at the house and how they eventually you know clash with each other i thought that was i thought that was Different,
1: and I liked it. I think Chris Nolan would have liked a new beginning.
0: I think he would too. We got to
1: we got to get him on this because hey, it was like when we had Paul Thomas Anderson stick around for we had him sticking around for uh, our ticket to Hawaii. That's a was, great. That it is great, and the fact that he did stay for it and he wasn't judgmental, he was just like, huh, a snake in the toilet. <laughs> I probably what? would have done that. Um, also, uh, the gentleman who plays. Because uh, Tommy Morga, he's a legendary stuntman who's been doing it forever. And he's still in the business too. And, and again, he's super sociable and just a great guy. He played uh, he played Jason in this one. And Dick Warlock was the stunt coordinator who played uh, Michael Myers in Halloween 2. Oh, wow. So they have this great still of them on set with Dick in the Michael Myers jumpsuit and Tom in the Friday the 13th. Oh, no way. It's a great one. And uh, it's cool too because like you can get them to sign it to that but I thought I thought I thought Tom did an exceptional job with Jason because the the good look for and I know yep. that that kind of all changed when Beekler took over because you know he's a effects god so you would want to do that but when you think of Jason you know you think of like the end kind of the jumpsuit and the white shiny mask and yep. and that's kind of that's kind of the look and I thought I thought he did a great job he, and he played both you know he played Hallution Jason and then he played uh, Pseudo Jason but I, I thought he did a great job. He did He did a, a, a fantastic job. In fact, one of the things that
0: sort of resonated with me in the beginning of the movie when it showed, like, Corey Feldman, like, watching the two guys, on, you know, bring Jason back. Uh, just the way he got up out of the grave and sort of walking towards them. the idea of watching Jason through the child's perspective just felt inherently terrifying. And the way he got up out of the grave, I was like, you know, because there's... there's the only thing you can do, you have a mask. It's yeah. not like you can express it with your face, you know. So you really just have, you know, yeah. the way you move. And I thought the way he moved, I was like, I was convinced. Like I don't want him coming after
1: me. That like, he kind of had a little giddy up too, you yeah. know. He well, went. he was rested, and also too it was very thoughtful yes. that they buried him with a machete and an ice pick. Like what the hell? And, and like two feet underground, <laughs> they, they just did not try. Laziest Undertaker
0: ever he Dude, did he did do he it's funny uh undertaker he did do the undertaker yeah i just right like, all there, the yeah. all the worms coming Every, off everyone comes there. up i did i did enjoy that he was a, it was a, it was a good it's so weird i for some reason i gotta stick up my ass about like i, I it's hard for me to like call it a J. like I, i'm having whatever the people had about like uh, halloween three but like michael myers not being in it i kind of have it a little bit with this one and i don't know why like i love halloween three you know but I also, like, I don't not like this movie. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I get, I adm- I know that it's not good. Yeah. But I, this
1: was a great time. Yeah. And, and again, um, the reason why, like, uh, I, I mean, the first time I ever saw it, because, again, for Terror Tuesday, it was on the no-show list for a long time. Right. And eventually Joe... We can we can wean on Joe because we finally got a new nightmare. And again, too, when you get older, sometimes you watch things a little differently. It's like, cool, I'm seeing it in um, I'm seeing it in uh, widescreen. I'm seeing it in this. I'm and maybe, you know, with the expansion of the format, your brain expands. I'm reaching. But sometimes like, you know what? I I hated Halloween three as a little kid. I hated this movie as a little kid. But as somebody in their, in their 50s, I love this. But again, it comes down to, and it always will with movies, how is your audience? How is yep. your audience? And I cannot plead that enough because everybody, you know, oh, man, it's dropping on this. I can watch it at home and, and have my review. It's like, no, 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 no. Go see it with an audience. It's and, very crazy you say that. And those folks that... Use COVID and the world as an excuse. Okay, well, what was your excuse before it? Because you weren't doing it then either.
0: Right. Yeah. I was just thinking to myself, like, if I had watched this movie by myself at home, like, I probably would have not. I probably would have just very much disliked it. There would have been the part, like, the cool shots that still look neat that I would have liked. But, like, there's just parts of, of the movie that just don't work without a huge... Or not a huge audience, but just like an, mm-hmm. an interactive audience. It just makes it like a like a spectacle almost. Like there's there's and I hate saying it, it's so cheesy and so delusional, but like it's so true. There's like a fucking magic in there, dude. Like when you're watching it with those other people and mm-hmm. everyone's just like Because there's a lot of ridiculous stuff in this movie. Like there's a like the dialogue is trash. Like the dialogue <laughs> is trash like they would have been better off just reading fortune cookies for <laughs> for dialogue in this movie, honestly. But the fact that it's so wild and everyone in the theater, completely just understands that and mm-hmm. just laughs at how absurd it is. It just it 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 puts a bandaid over it. Like you forgive it. You're like, this is trash. I understand it's trash. What are we going to experience next as a group? And it's it, it, there's just nothing like it.
1: And it, it's truly the definition that is like, guys, look, it, shit's supposed to be fun. just yeah. go have fun. And you know, you guys have your regular series of how low you can go. Can't go much lower than this one, bro. No. You're gonna be really hard to find something at 17% that, that is that entertaining. hmm But seriously, 18% man, fuck you. 18%. <laughs> you know what's funny?
0: I don't, to be honest, I don't know where I don't know what I feel like this movie should have a percentage. I just this movie is just I keep thinking about that tornado. I keep seeing that cow you know flying around. This movie just needs to exist in this weird astral plane like it for some reason there's that you look up in the sky there's a friday the third there's a new beginning i I don't know how to describe
1: it i don't know why that makes sense in my brain i i just it's just it again it's just like the unicorn of a movie yeah and we and you know paramount could have just pulled the plug on this thing because it did It still it did its job it opened number one it was made for like two and a half million made probably like 30 yeah and After, after, you know, they want the bragging rights and they want the opening week. After that, these movies were in theaters for maybe three, maybe three more weeks. And if you had a second run theater, it was there always within a month and then gone because they always wanted it out on video by uh, Halloween, by that season. Right, right. So, how lucky was Tommy to get that opportunity? They're like, look, um, Everyone yes, this movie made a lot of money, but we alienated our fans. We need you to come save this. And dude, uh Tommy was just good for him. He was like, look, you get Jason back. You can do whatever you want. You can do this, you can do that. Um, you know, he made as they say on the kill count, you know, he made a real movie. Yeah. He car chases, Alice Cooper soundtrack, you got um you got um, I mean it's no offense
0: to, 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 to Danny, like the movie it was a great time, mm-hmm. but Jason lives is a, like you said, it is a movie. <laughs> like it is a movie, ex- movie, movie, exceptionally
1: well shot, well made. And that's with Tommy fighting with UPM for, for scraps. Wow. And also too, it's like, you know, he's got the, um, oh God, what was it from the thirties? Um, they got the screwball comedy dialogue. You got the, you got all the winks and nods to other horror. P- you filmmakers. know what it is?
0: So like you introduced us to Tommy, he came over. We did we did an episode, and it was fantastic. Like that dude loves movies, and I had no idea how many uh, TV movies he did. Like he's directed a lot. Like he was telling us, you know, that he you know he about his meeting he had with Marlon Brando. He directed movie Lucille Ball, and the difference is, you can t- <laughs> you can tell which Friday was directed by a guy who made porn. Mm-hmm. which Friday was made by a guy who absolutely loves movies <laughs> like yeah. like that Tavi loves movies like that, that. that is his That is his drive that is his soul that is what fuels him and that's why it's so funny that these movies just happen to be back to back in the franchise yep. like yeah. it's just it's, you can just feel it And it, but it's, it's that it's not that like again I don't want to I'm not trashing a new beginning at all because I had such a great time last night but it's just like you have to like just be self aware of like what these what they are And they just both happen to work
1: on their own realm somehow. And you couldn't, you got to have one with the other. Yep. Yep. Because you couldn't, you couldn't. um, And then with the new blood, it kind of goes back to the old. Okay, well, we tried it with, we tried making a movie and it didn't work. Although it is, I don't know anybody who doesn't consider Jason Lives to be anything but a masterpiece. And the best of them all. But because of the repercussions of 5 your the next sequel always suffers. And it still made a good amount of money. I'm sure it probably, I, I know that it probably made triple its budget, but no. it was going to be the casualty. Cause like, no, no, no. They screwed us on the last one. So we're not going to come out for this, which is a shame because part six was the very first one I ever saw.
0: Did, um, Harry Manfredini do the music for Jason lives.
1: He did. He, I'm. He did, and then of course you know Alice Cooper did the three songs. Because I
0: think what's interesting is we're talking about you know the franchise, and you know people always talk about like which director did this, who played Jason. But to me, I kind of think the Friday the Thirteenth franchise belongs to Harry Manfredini. Like that guy is the glue throughout all of them.
1: Yeah, I I think the only one he didn't do was um, Jason Takes Manhattan. Um. And that's because that composer had worked with the producer. The producers for the TV show were also the producers for Jason Takes Manhattan. So I'm sure they just uh, brought the crew. It was probably just easier just to mm-hmm. keep s- that, swing them around. Um, and, and Harry didn't miss anything. <laughs> no, so he's, no he's, 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 he's like, he's right. to, It's that great quote from uh, the Urban Meyer debacle in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. there, uh, Travis Hedier, he missed the whole year last year, and he's like, well, if I was going to miss a year, that was the <laughs> year was, to miss. This is the one. There is
0: something about the... the. It's weird. Like, the Friday the 13th music is... It was never one that, like, I would put on my Halloween playlist. Like, for, I mean, it's on there, mm-hmm. but there's usually, like, a couple songs that you start with. You know, you start with some from, like, Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, you know, Danny Elfman stuff, but... There's something about the Friday the Thirteenth music, and the first time I actually really really noticed it is when we went and saw um, Jason Lives there because they were playing the. We what theater we saw that there? We saw that at the uh, the New Art. Yeah, so when we were sitting in there, they were playing the score, and it was the first time like I actually like sat with it and like it primed me for like what the movie was gonna be. It was the first time I, like I kind of understood like what Harry Manfredini was going for, mm-hmm. and the music for that for the Friday Thirteenth is pretty
1: goddamn scary. It really is, and he he tweaked it quite a bit for Part Five. It was the one that he said that he had done the most alterations for because the the score is different. Um, it it really is. Um, each one kind of contributes its own. Like Part Three has this amazing disco opening. And they played in clubs in L.A. to this day. (laughs) Uh, Part five, of course, you know, you had the, uh, there's a magical, uh, (laughs) uh, they have that, and then they got the ooh baby. Part six has all those great Alice Cooper songs. I mean, it just, again, it's why it feels like a real movie. Yeah. To get somebody like that to come do your, to do your film, that's pretty special.
0: Yeah. And the, the, the. Theater at the at the New
1: sounded pretty great too. It really does. I went the night before for Inglorious Bastards, and being uh, Quentin's personal print, the sound. We were talking about it too. The sound of seeing movies on film just sounds better too. And
0: uh, listen, I'll be the. I'm the first son of a bitch that will tell you like I love everything digital mm-hmm. I love the digital stuff I love the ease of it. I love having it being able to experience it the fact that people who normally wouldn't be able to see this uh, you know certain types of movies or TV shows now have the access to it and but there's just there's something that I don't And I, I remember at film school they were saying you could never replace film and I was like don't bet against technology technology all you ha- technology has to do is just figure it out like they have until the end of time to figure mm-hmm. out how to make this stuff look on film but there is just something I I'd be a liar to say there's not a big fucking difference. Like there is. Like there is something completely
1: just different. Whether it's it. when we went to go uh, to the Universal Marathon, and I love hearing all the pops and creaks of a movie that was yeah struck from 1931. And even in this one, like they 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 said, um,
0: and I I love like about like going to these theaters is like when they introduce it, like you were like you were talking about how you host a lot of the 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 movies, like it's a very important job to get them hyped, and like the guy the new Bev last night said, this is a print from 1985, so it's gonna have it's gonna have a little wear and tear here. And there is a there is a charm to that wear and tear. Like there's certain scenes, like when they cut between scenes, you know, like you see like the film shake or like or there's like an abrupt like an abrupt cut, you know, and it kind kind of messes with the pacing. But it also, for what it kind of messes up in like the pacing, with that you see visually, it adds to a charm, and that charm is
1: invaluable. Yeah, I mean that it's the reason why um, people are standing in line for it like they did in 1985 and some of the best yeah. hype people like our friend Craig from uh, Secret Movie Club and and Lars at AFS and Laird at Weird Wednesday and and Zach and uh and Joe at Terror Tuesday e- even like I remember like even if the movie was terrible I I would g- I would just be there because watching Zach and, and Joe do Intro Terror Tuesday, it was almost like a set. It was great. <laughs> they were movies that I just didn't want to see, but I wanted to be there for the intro. And with Laird and Lars, I was going to learn something all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when I was lucky enough to work with those actors, thanks to what I'd learned from them. Yeah. Working with Quentin, working with those folks. like, it, And and man, Craig's intros for Secret Movie Club are legendary.
0: Dude, I was just gonna say the one intro. So all of them are great. Everyone brings their own charm, and it and it and it works for whatever movie they're showing and whatever setting you're in. The one that I'll never—the only reason I can tell you that I know what canon films are (laughs) is because of the Secret Movie Club. Yeah. That intro, like they really gave you, like I, I mean, it's almost like a little lecture. Yeah. Like I mean, I feel like I feel like I should I should have a notepad. You know when they're talking about like I'm learning shit. Yeah, you know he did. They do such a killer job with Secret Movie Club.
1: They really do, and um, a lot of the drive-ins that I go to, uh, the Skyline and the Mahoning. Um, whether it's Jeff doing the intro or Virgil giving you a little history before the show. The Mahoney is great because it has the Mahoning radio, which you can actually just go on to and listen. Even if you're not at the drive in, yeah. You can there's an app that will let you listen in on whatever they're playing that night. Oh, that's so cool. It's it's fantastic. Well, I don't think we touched on this, but the um the
0: intro the thing i like about the new bev is they do they do a pretty small intro mm-hmm. they don't really talk a lot because they let the trailers prime you yep. and and i think that's a really interesting tactic that they do and what they did uh last night was they showed the trailers uh from friday part one through four for anybody who needs caught up on a refresher and it worked everyone I, I like you know like i've seen part one x lives and now this one and
1: the rest here and there um but like I felt like I was totally caught up. Do you remember the nicest thing about those trailers? They consistently reminded you of what movie you were going to see, dude. <laughs> the one, the, the worst offender was uh, was part three in three D. Yeah, it's in three D. Really? Like, uh,
0: this th- uh, this this summer, Friday the Thirteenth, part three in three D. And then like t- then it shows like three yeah, Friday the Thirteenth, part three. And you're like, oh, my God. And they, they, I feel like they almost did it twice back to back at the end just because they, they could. <laughs> they, it was like
1: they they wanted to but somebody stopped them. Okay, they get it, bro. They're like, shut up. Shut up. Enough. <laughs> I'm um, going to go to sleep. Uh, three two, of three, course, three, part three, two. one and two, the
0: countdown, which is great. That was great. I did like that. Well, because it, it was like one,
1: and then it, they're just showing all the kills, and then for part two it was like fourteen, 14. 15. <laughs> fifteen, and it's a good thing they stopped because by the time it would have gotten into part four, 97, 98. I know ninety, and Jason could have been one hundred. That would have been the best one. That would
0: that would have been that would have been great. What was cool about the um. About the trailers, when the numbers kept going up, is every time the number went up, like it was like one through thirteen, you know, a couple laughs here and they're like, it's funny, and then as soon as it went sixteen, people were like, oh come on, and then it was like twenty, everyone's like, Jesus Christ, everyone's losing it, yeah.
1: Um, so, uh, I need you to see part four just for Crispin Glover. Uh, and four is four is great. and but four is worth the wait to see at the new Bev. Mm-hmm. but you'll have just as good as time. Um, we showed it at Pretania for a, a midnight screening and my buddy Chris Harper, who's a legendary pro wrestling manager, Hardbody Harper. Uh, if you're uh, if you're not a hard body, you're a nobody. Greatest tag. Oh, that's ever. cool. But yeah, shout out to Chris, and he was laughing so hard at the end of it, like you would think we were watching the room or something. And he's got this <laughs> incredible laugh to begin with, but he was in tears by the end of it. But he, when Jason is actually killed in the end, though, is like, wow, okay, that was legit badass, right? Because. Again, I think the MPAA was a little kinder to him because they're like, look, we promise this is the it. No more trash movies. No, Okay, put her there, pal. And they were both like, sucker. So- <laughs> but I got, um, I'd always wanted to work and meet Crispin Glover. So the end of 2020, um, I got called to do a pilot in Mississippi. Um, God, I can't remember the name escapes me, but... Sadly, needless to say, it didn't get picked up. Right, but we had some incredible. We had Susan Sarandon. We had uh, the great Danny Houston. Uh, Crispin oh, was in cool. it, and and we only had Crispin for one day for one scene. And I was so excited to meet him, and his character there. Um, I'm sure you've done pickup days, additional days, stuff like that, so you don't get the full script. We just get the sides. Yeah, I don't know what they've shot in Los Angeles. I can only go with what they've given me. So he's in a giant bird costume. Oh my God. (laughs) And it's so, if you were ever going to meet Crispin Glover, it was going to be in a bird costume. So he, uh, I, I finally go over to him and he takes his bird head off. And I was like, hey, Crispin, my name's Garen, and, and I'm this and that. And I just want to tell you, it's like I'm really excited to be working with you, and it's an honor. And and he was just, he hands me his giant bird head, because I think he thought I was costumes. Uh, and he was like, Garen, or no, no, he asked me what my name was. He's like, what was it again? I was like, it's Garen. He's like, Garen, it sticks out his bird paw. His bird arm to shake my hand. He's like, Karen, it's." He gives me the double bird shake. He's like, "It's really nice." <laughs> the double to meet- bird I shake. I know. That's when, <laughs> that's when he knew it was legit. Because um, I, I wish I had a photo of it. Because I don't, I don't take photos. I don't, I don't do that. The double bird shake. But he was, um, he was just so nice and so happy that somebody came over to talk to him i was like, that's great, Karen. I that's so wonderful. It's like I'm I'm picture wrapped on this, but you know what? That really made my day. And he didn't I learned, besides the fact that like no human being is aged as well as him, I learned that George McFly life laugh is his real laugh. Because he gave me that <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, uh, and I was like, Oh my god, this is the greatest like, thing. Check it two things off. You're gonna yeah. hear that with your but, own ears. But it would that's his real laugh. Wow. So uh, I'm just standing there, and he takes off, literally flies off set, because he's in a bird, a costume. bird costume. <laughs> Uh I'm standing there holding the bird head. And when Natalie comes up and just grabs it from me and <laughs> walks off. <up. laughs> and then, um, oh, our, our beautiful second second, uh, Gina comes up to me. She's like, did you did you talk to him? I was like, yeah, he was great. He was wonderful. He's like, "He no one has spoke to him the entire pilot. How did you get him to talk to you? I was like, I just... I just went up to talk to him. Oh, it's like yeah, you guys haven't spoken to him the whole show. N- no. Oh man. And it was just like that's I, lonely. Well, I I think because his reputation might persist for some of that. People people will probably feel hesitant to approach.
0: And I, I don't care.
1: A fan a fans a fan knows a fan, and you know it's like I told you when how I met Fincher before I started working for him. Um, you know, even though you're masked because of COVID people can see a smile Yeah, and they can see how, you know, excited you are to meet them and, right. and a fan, again, a fan knows a fan and he could just tell that I was genuinely, but it was great. And they're like, and she runs me over to Chris the first, Hey, uh, Garen talked to Crispin and, and, and he did. Well, what did you say to him? I was like, it's so like, everybody was, what did you say? What did you get? And it's like, we just talked. He gave me his bird head. I think it was a mark of friendship.
0: I think so. If you get if anyone shakes my hand
1: with the double bird paw. Double, I know. The double bird, you know, hand. <laughs> double bird hand. Yeah. I, th- I honestly think we're legally like best friends for life. Yeah. And, but he was so wonderful. And you know, because I I love Back to the Future. And I do love a final chapter. It's a lot of fun. That was the one where
0: they played a completely I think they played like Back in Black. He was like dancing to AC/DC, and yeah. then they completely changed the song. <laughs> My
1: buddy Chris, he's out there like when we finish the movie, uh, we're walking our cars. just like a little after like two a.m. and He's out there, and I see kids like 12, 13 years old doing the dance and stuff dude. It like, it's funny. I, I, I've I, never I, been prouder.
0: I saw the thing where they were like, you know, they, I was dancing to a different song and they changed it. I'm like, that didn't, you still busted out those dance moves. Those, it it's not like they were not like they were.
1: Great dance moves to (laughs) begin. And also it's not a Tarantino film. More than likely that music we play on set, we're gonna keep. But on that, probably can't afford A C D C.
0: No, that's a that's a rough First of all, whoever decided to play ZDC like
1: they could afford that is it was, it was a pretty tall order. Too. Yeah, yeah, I was like, guys, look, we, we barely have money for Second Meal, so we're probably not going to be able to play Back and Black. Yeah, that's just saying.
0: <laughs> it's going to cost us a pretty penny. The movie's
1: so much fun. And you get out of there at like 2.30 in the morning. Dude, that, you- that's
0: the thing is, is when you leave my favorite thing is all the people having conversations afterwards you know amc you know you can see a movie nowadays the the regular theater of like new films it's, everyone just goes to their car you know go home after those like people stand outside and like have conversations and like they're engaged mm-hmm. like like i saw it when we left i think there was like seven or eight pockets of people just talking about it and like everyone was animated yeah it's 2 30 in the morning and they're you know they're jacked up like they just saw like a crazy friday the 13th film and they want they need to talk about it
1: yeah and if you're like me you're out of state. it's like oh man it's almost 5 a.m new orleans time i know
0: i felt so we were driving home and i was just like man i you gotta it, get some sleep
1: i i feel great out here i wish i felt like this all the time <laughs> can you go back that's and, what makes it special though no it does it does uh once you get past your five six day window you're like oh man i'm really well it tired. helped that you
0: kicked it off with some in and out i really feel like that's like that's warm, the fuel that gets you gonna get that's the warm out. welcome.
1: Yeah, it, it does. Anywhere else you'd be like, must sleep. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now here, man, it's like and and it goes back to like, you know, uh Los Angeles. I just love the people here so much. They're so engaging, they're gorgeous, but they're just it, it's cool. You can just and and trust me, New Orleans is very outgoing and lovely and beautiful too. Austin was a wonderful Chicago all those places I've been lucky enough to live and work on movies you've held, but man here it's special. I mean, it really, mm-hmm. really is special. And going to see a movie is like how it probably felt in the fifties. It was a big deal.
0: Yeah. I constantly feel that way at the new Bev. I haven't felt it at the other theaters. The other theaters have been wonderful experiences, mm-hmm. like definitely better than you run in the mill you know, big chain theater now, but there's something about the new Bev that, I don't know, they really they really that like I said before, they get you in the zone of like what it would be like to watch this movie on opening weekend. Like that's that's how it felt like watching this movie. And I think that's probably why it was more enjoyable than if I had watched it on AMC's Fear Fest or something. Yeah, you
1: know? and, and we talked about like folks on social media and stuff like that. As you know, I watched twelve movies this weekend. It's like, yeah, but tell me something about them. With the movies, it, it should be an experience. Yeah. Well, hey, what got you here? Yeah. And, and people get so well, you know. You don't tell me how to watch movies. I'm like I'm not, bro. I'm just suggesting something. Do with it what you will. You probably know more about movies than all of us combined, right? Um, you also probably don't have any friends, so that's probably why you're watching <laughs> that's why like I that. watch twelve movies a day. Yeah. Um. But it's just like it, it. really is like. Well, what was? And as the older I've gotten, it's that experience that that got you. To there. It's like, well, how do you see this? It's like, oh man, I flew to Philadelphia. I went to, I went to the Mahoning and I saw Virgil and I saw the kids. And, you know, I went to the projection booth and tried to sprawl it. And then they kicked me out. Because <laughs> the nice thing about the Mahoning, you could actually go in the projectionist booth whenever you want. Really? Whenever you want. And a lot of people, like, you'll get like lazy people who are just, gonna, oh, I'm too lazy. So I'm just going to cut through projectionist food to get to the snack bar. Oh my God. They don't mind they don't mind but no it's like you have to go in there because that's where the dj booth is that's where the sound booth is that's where so i always will bring them swag back because you know i told you when i was there a few weekends ago um god what was it there for i can't remember but it was epic like it always is but it was it was 51 in july there whoa and so i will for the projectionist i'll always get them like nice Panavision beanies because it can get cold in there yeah come uh you know because they close at the end of october mm. their their year is april to october but when you're a specialty place like that and people are flying all over earth to come to your amazing drive-in you know you have to oh i i went to schlock weekend how was that it was great. And those movies, I, I told Virgil, like, dude, we have a different definition of schlock. <laughs> it was, I saw my first ever um, Quatermass movie. I saw Godzilla 85. I saw It, the Terror from Space. I saw uh, Beast of the 40,000. So essentially got to see a Willis O'Brien film. I got to see a Ray Harryhausen film. I got to see a Godzilla film. I got, now, okay, there's, you know, Day of the Mole people. You know, yes, yes. It is what it is. Pretty schlocky. Yeah. But I couldn't, sadly, I couldn't stay for stooge which was, uh, that was all day Sunday. But the Three Stooges will always be a special place in my heart for the drive-ins because the Skyline drive-in where we go to, me and my buddy Barnaby, and we'll bring up, we're like the Fellowship of the Ring. Right. We'll bring more people along with us. Uh, I used to whenever we would go when we programmed the room at the Britannia in New Orleans, I'll get like 18 people. We referred ourselves as the Fellowship of the Room. Like, all right, well, we picked up like we picked up these folks from Texas, and and this guy's he's here from all the way from Baton Rouge. I'm like, wow, a whole hour. Good for you, sir. How did
0: you find the time,
1: man? I, I I'm gonna leave you ten for gas, <laughs> but uh, so the Stooges. Uh, when we do the these marathons, and we got one coming up the end of April, um, the last couple of movies will be on 35 mil. And the projection booth, the projector from in the skyline looks like the projector that time forgot. How it works is a miracle. <laughs> but it works. And I, I don't ask questions. I don't look it in the eye. I don't ask weird questions. I don't make eye contact. It just works. So I don't want to touch it. So and they're legit Dustal Dawns. So we start at um, just like the sun almost going down, and by the time that you're done, it's as bright as it is out here. Oh my God! So you're going the full gamut, but they'll Barnaby and I are always the last two, and they try and like swerve us to leave. So like, well, we got a two reel or a porn. Okay, maybe that'll get them out of here. Yeah. And then they like like. They <laughs> see us watching it, and we're like jumping around and stuff. And they're like, "No, No if anything, they seem more engaged." All right, well, let's try this one reeler of Stooges, and then after the Stooges, like, okay, they're giving us a thumbs up. They're gonna leave. Jesus, but Christ. yeah, it's just like, no, they, if anything, they seem, uh they seem impressed. <laughs> they don't, they don't seem like they're gonna leave anytime soon. Nah,
0: no, I don't, I don't, I don't blame them. Maybe, maybe, maybe just play, uh, and they're the playing New Beginning next time.
1: Oh, well, again, that's where I saw it, was the uh, skyline for the very first time ever. And um, the two really that they had was a Danny Steinman porn at the end. About the (laughs) softest thing you'll ever see. And I I can count on my thumbs how many porns I watched. But (laughs) I'm a 20-year army guy who had enough troops in the barracks watching porns. And I was like, I think you're the only human being on earth that watches the whole movie. (laughs) <laughs> well you know um they filmed it i should watch it i'm like no dude that's not how porn you, you works you want
0: that pure uh, it's pure cinema it's still it's still cinema to me
1: damn yeah, it and he he was like he's probably like oh man he's still watching well i guess we gotta keep rolling Got to keep man. rolling man so why is his windows fogging yeah off? it's like call why, the cops. why is he uh get why, him out of here why is he still here give Are him they, a bucket of water no, <laughs> cool him yeah. off. those soldiers though was like you could always tell i think it was uh I think it was Specialist Talbot and some others, but yeah, they would always have like that's all they would watch, Jesus. and they would watch
0: the whole thing. Ain't not ain't much to do in the in the desert. No,
1: and also I'd be like, bro, what are you? Are you listening to the director's commentary? Go to bed. <laughs> the for director's God's commentary.
0: Sex. That's funny. Well, it was a good time. I definitely want to round out the rest of the Jason films in this similar fashion. If I'm if I. I want to because that if that that seems like the only way to do it. Watching it at home on TV, no, it's you know, gonna by be yourself.
1: lame. And and here's the great thing too: you live in LA, so they have not just a print, they have multiple prints, so we can go see part three in 3D in 35, mm-hmm. uh, the final chapter. Plays a lot at the new bat because let's face it, it's the final chapter. There will be no more after this. You've got to be here. Mm-hmm. And that's my selling point for Tanya all the time when we show it. <laughs> Guys, you got to come. You say that every goddamn year. I mean it. You know, I mean, you, 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 you've got to come. This is it. We will never play... New beginning at Britannia. I'm afraid. No, so so
0: it's, a, it's so it's shot over there, but uh, anywhere else, especially here in LA, you can make it happen.
1: But I I have probably programmed or we have programmed. Uh, Jason lives almost every Friday the Thirteenth because it's a winner. Yeah, it, it's like I, I was like, hey man, I'm gonna bring my everybody. Come see the movie that got Garen into the business. Oh oh. It's like, "Oh, so we we're going to we're going we're gonna to cheer your names in the credits." Like, "No, guys, it's a figure of speech." All right, I was 13 when it came out. Even by union standards, I wasn't allowed to work on it. But it was just like, you know, this is the director that that got me into the business, this is this, this is that. It's a metaphor. Oh. So your name's not in the credits and you're like, "Oh my god." <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, they're in the credits. Will you come? Oh, okay.
0: We'll have someone at them. We'll just throw it in at the end
1: it's just, like when it's like the copyright and stuff then at the just, bottom just put p.s garrett was here yeah it's just taped up there <laughs> like so unprofessionally um yeah um for the classic series uh, mr renee who left us in 2017 he did uh, a documentary about him in the theater and it never got made, so they spliced the footage of what they could. But he has this great intro that they play before the classic series. And we always give it a nice standing ovation. And sometimes people won't clap. Well, that's a problem, because I'm going to make you clap. Whether if I have to put my hands between you and your friends and clap between you, you're going <laughs> to clap, goddammit. So the running joke is, because we've gotten more newer classic series, like Sunday was Blade Runner, or oh, today cool. was Blade Runner, and... Um, this next week coming up is um, Frenzy. We, you and I were talking about that off air. Yeah. The week after that, Shawshank Redemption. So uh, we were joking, like, okay, uh, in Mr. Renee's intro, he's like, okay, you're going to see actors like uh, Myrna Loy and this and that. Do we dub his voiceover? Like, and you're going to see Harrison Ford. You're going to see Clint Eastwood. You're going <laughs> to see Morgan Freeman. And like to the point where it doesn't even come close to matching his voiceover. He's like... Well, we were going to do that for the Christmas series, you know. Well, we've got great actors like Will Ferrell. Like, <laughs> so we were just like, no, we'll probably just leave it as. The movies will speak for themselves. But it's like, all right, well, you know, if we need some quality dubs, I, I know where we can. We know a guy. Yeah, we were talking about the Craigslist hires. You know, it's like, he it comes highly recommended on Craigslist. I'm like, well, that's not safe I'd rather
0: much. I'd rather hire a random person on the street than do Craigslist. Hey, friend, can
1: you hold a stick? Yeah, okay. Um, I will say this though, and I am eternally grateful to Craigslist because, um, we had talked about like, you know, how he had done tours to pay for everything, Mm -hmm. all my cinematic moves. The industry will, uh, let you go to your lowest before you ever reach your highest. And I lost my, I lost my place in Louisiana. I was like a month, maybe less than that before I was going to be evicted in my place in Austin. I had little to no money, was barely, you know, getting like a day here on Machete, a day here on the Tree of Life, a couple days on Boyhood, and I responded to an uh, ad on Craigslist for the Sci-Fi channel, and it was a quote-unquote three-picture deal, and they called me the next day, and things, I'll never forget that day, that was October 11th, 2009, and that was the day the worm turned. Wow. And that three-picture deal, I mean, it was just... And it turned out to be like 13 movies when it was all said and done. And I've always gone back. Even like when we did Green Book, uh, I was there to do Santa Jaws because you should always pay it back. Mm -hmm. And I was able to keep my place. I was able to get another place in Louisiana. I was able to, oh man, I I can never, it it was a different time, a different world. I'm
0: I'm still hung up on that. You just dropped like an Oprah quote, man. The, the industry lets you go to your lowest before you go to your highest. Yeah, it really That's
1: does. Damn. And it never lets you get too high. When well, we won our very first best picture for um, 12 years, I got a call later that night that our show, Ravenswood, got canceled. So it never lets you get too you Yeah, you won the best picture. You're on cloud nine. Nothing can touch you. Hey, by the way, our show's canceled. Fuck! Jam. I'm going to curl up into a fetal ball and cry <laughs> with this bottle of champagne that's non-alcoholic because i got to be on set in five hours. Um, but, no, it's true. So I will – I know now, would I hire somebody off Craigslist now? Hell no. But the world was different in you no9 know and that's how they were um, – because I think, I think I told you and, and, and Nick this, so if I did, just cut me off. But Iowa lost their incentives overnight, their film incentives overnight. So that's where all the sci fi channel movies were made. They literally showed up the next day in Louisiana, like, look, we need a brand new crew. And That's awful. Yeah, right. yeah, but I mean that's just That's how life is. It is. And especially in the film business. It's like, Oh, you got nothing to offer us? Okay, we're gone. Hey, but what about the loyalty in the crew? It's like, Well, we'll still send you a Christmas card. And they got those uh they showed up in BR and we were talking about like how, you know, back then you didn't start working in new orleans right away you had to do br before you got the call up you know the big call to new orleans and that's where you're going to spend the rest of your life and god damn i just like shh, my brother had to loan me rent money um it was just it was not a great time yeah but it doesn't matter though because again you you always yeah yeah it always does you you always in life and not just in films but in life it's like oh dude i remember that day Hey,
0: and well I think that's a great place to 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 wrap it up because that quote totally fits for these two Jason films mm-hmm. it won't let you go what was oh, let me, I actually wrote it down it was the industry will let you go will let you go to for you hit your highest that's and true. A new beginning. It's the is low. the lowest. 18%. Baby. And then and then its highest was right around the quarter
1: with Tommy's Jason Lives. We had somebody in the crowd uh, saying, like, yeah, this movie's eighteen. I just sort of like that's almost nineteen. he was like <laughs> It's true. That's true. Well,
0: if you're listening to this episode and you personally love a new beginning, let us know in the comments there. I would love to know like what stuck out to you that makes you love this movie because i know there's something there there's something that resonates with everyone in this movie because of that weird tornado effect like it's just spinning and something's gonna hook into you that you're gonna like for me it was like those two cool shots and just that crazy coke head i just thought he was the most hilarious thing i'd seen in a, in, a, in a while so we'll we'll post the ooh
1: baby in the comments section too. the remake it's a good remake
0: like it's a it's a, like honestly like if you listen to that while you're out on a walk or like you're working out like you're gonna get a good pump on
1: we'll also I'll make sure because I need to send it to Nick. Um, We'll also post the commentary by Danny, Shavar, and John uh, in the comment section too. Because it's one of the – I I put it right up there with Jason Goes to Hell as one of the funniest commentaries I've ever heard. Because when people trash their own work – you don't even need to watch the movies – it's just fun. I'm. I'm going to say that Jason Goes to Hell one too, because, dude, it's like, look, we're just here to have a good time. We're we're not making Lawrence of Arabia. We can just, we can just have a funny time, and it's hysterical. I was crying, laughing, listening to both, <laughs> and I've got friends that have never actually seen Jason Goes to Hell, but only watched it with the commentary on. That's how I want my viewing experience.
0: If I don't get it through. 35 millimeter of these theaters i want the commentary track
1: and and adam uh marcus who's just one of the you know he was i think 22 23 when he directed that and yeah it's his first time but he he him and dean the writer they hold nothing back on it they're like oh man you know uh, that's her tucking the gun for the film historians that are watching this show (laughs) all right well until next time stay scary watch a bunch of horror
0: movies and if you're in la I mean that'd be cool. I don't know. If you're in LA and you're seeing these movies, that'd yeah. be great. We have this big fucking group. There's we'll gotta prob- be some people. Yep, and we'll see you in line. Yeah, we'll, we'll see that's that's a great place. We'll see you in line.